Welcome to the Big Dreams Great Teams podcast with me, your host, Paula Maidens. I'm a mum of two, a hiring and leadership coach, speaker, ex-corporate recruiter and serial entrepreneur who is obsessed with teaching capable business owners just like you how to become graceful and powerful leaders surrounded by a team who perform like rock stars. On this podcast, we'll be talking about all things people, business and leadership because Big dreams need great teams. You simply cannot do it on your own. I'm excited to have you here. Let's dive in. Hello, hello. Today, I've invited Amy Lee onto the podcast to talk about working in coherence instead of hustle. Amy is an astrologer, human design consultant, and somatic business coach who helps her clients tap into their highest flow state by seeing, knowing, and embodying more of who they are so they can live their most aligned and enriched lives. And I am thrilled to have her here today. So a very big warm welcome to you, Amy. Hi, Paula. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to chat. Would you like to start by sharing a little about your journey and how you found yourself doing what you do? Yeah. So it's a pretty big story. So I'm always like, how do I, how do I tell this in like a succinct kind of condensed way? But I, for me, it really starts in 2012. I had a bit of a health crisis and was in my early twenties and diagnosed with an autoimmune condition that like changed my life completely. I went from being the partying five nights a week, taking, you know, recreational drugs, like doing all the things to literally being like, well, I can't drink anymore. I can't do that. I have no desire to go out. I have no desire to go clubbing. Like, and all of a sudden I was reading books on energy and, I think my my entry into sort of energy and the work that I do now was really Caroline Mace, um, her book Anatomy of the Spirit, because having all these health things come up, I started to look at like, yeah, the energetic and the emotional things that can kind of trigger it. So that became an interest. Yeah, then was just, you know, I was always interested in astrology. Like I'd been interested in astrology since I was a teenager, um, but I think that interest kind of then intensified more after that experience. And yeah, just kind of did my thing, was a little bit lost for quite a few years and found myself working. Like I've studied lots of things, but I ended up studying fashion design. And then I went into working in more like the production part with fashion and then found myself in like an HR role. I was in a company that was growing really quickly and kind of found myself in that kind of a role. And then was like so burnt out, like as a projector after so many years of studying and doing other things and just decided to study astrology for fun just for the, you know, never in my wildest dreamed imagined it would become a part of my work or that I would blend it with business in the way that I do now. And then when I was studying astrology, I found human design and that was like the missing piece for me as a projector. It was like, oh, now it makes sense. I get it. The energy thing, like the bitterness, why it's always felt like I'm pushing when other people just seem to be in like that slipstream. Like that's kind of how I got here and I've just been a sort of slow gradual process over the last five years building my business and doing this full time. Amazing and oh there's so much I want to talk to you about and before we dive in I guess to human design initially I want to share with everybody a statement that I found on your website that I just totally love which I feel really wraps up what you do and that is in a world that tells us to push strive and force I believe there's a better way a way based on differentiation and uniqueness and a way based on authenticity and truth and a way based on coherence. 
And I guess the reason I've invited you on is because one of the big things that I work with my clients on is how they design a business and a team that actually suits them as an individual. And that's like why I wanted to chat to you about like how can we connect with what we want and need as an individual and let's start and dive into human design. So can you start with explaining what is it to everybody so that they know like your definition of what it is and how it works and how it's actually relevant to doing things in the right way in business for you? Yeah. So I guess human design, it's it's a system and it's really helpful in creating that coherence, right? And the whole, I guess, concept of human design is really about helping you understand your true self versus your not self. And your true self is the parts of you, you know, the truth of who you are, right? All the, the innate gifts and strengths that you have, the innate challenges that you have. Like human design is very much about like, hey, this might not be a strength for you. And especially I think in your work, Paula, like someone else might have that strength who you can collaborate with. And, you know, you don't need to try to be that. Like you don't need to try to be everything. So a big part of human design is deconditioning, starting to recognize all the stories you've been told and all the conditioning that you've taken on in your life that's led you to feel like you need to be something other than who you are. And oftentimes it's, you know, there's places in our chart where the world tells us we're not enough. So we try to be something more. And then there's places where the world tells us, well, you're actually too much. Pull that back, you know? And so it's really a system of like deep self-understanding, deep awareness. It teaches us how, you know, who we are at the core, how we're designed to engage with the world, how we can create opportunities, how we can work best with others, what kind of support we might need. That in conjunction with astrology, are so powerful in creating that experience of coherence. To me, coherence is all about dropping into that slip stream of who you are, right, and not forcing, not trying to be something that you're not because you think you should or the world tells you that you should. So it's almost like a personality test that's based on astrology and based on your birth chart. Would that be like a really basic way of explaining it? Kind of, but instead of, you know, with those personality tests, they can change a little bit because you're kind of answering questions. Normally, whereas your human design and your astrology, it's based on the imprinting that happened. Oh my God, I'm going to get into all the woo-woo, the woo-woo side of it now. But, you know, in human design, it's really a science too. And a lot of this has been confirmed by science. But in human design, they teach that, you know, at that moment of birth, there's this cosmic imprinting that happens through what are called neutrinos, which they're described in human design as the breath of stars. And they've been confirmed by science. They're very small particles that actually hold a, a level of mass. And it's that imprinting at that moment of birth that imprints you with certain planetary qualities and also qualities of like the zodiac and what we call the hexagrams and the gates in human design. So it's like this as above, so below concept as well, um, where, you know, the imprinting that occurs at that moment of your birth is a reflection of the the universe of the solar system at that time. So it's less about personality, even though it definitely describes personality traits and things, but it won't ever change because it's based on that birth time. So by understanding your human design profile, then does that help give you some guidance, what you can let go of, what you can accept about yourself and therefore how things can feel easier? Yeah. That's it. So like for me as a projector learning, I was a projector. It was like, you can let go of the doing. You are not here to work in the traditional sense. You're not here to be the doer, right? And for the generators and the many gens, it's like you let go of doing what everyone else tells you you should do and do what's pleasurable. 
and joyful and exciting and uplifting for you. It, usually it's quite affirming when people discover those first layers of it and get deeper and deeper. Um, and you can kind of let go of who the, again, what the world's telling you, you should do or should be. Love this. And I feel like it's getting, I feel like it's suddenly become popular. Is it just, has that actually changed? Do you think has it suddenly become popular and why? I feel like everyone's talking about human design. Yeah. Well, it's quite a new system. So human design, very different to astrology, right? We've had astrology for thousands of years and it's been really developed through astrologers, like watching the stars and taking note and referencing and writing books and collecting data. Human design was actually received by one well, one, well, multiple people received it, but one man kind of brought it through. His name's Ra Uruhu, just in 1987. So it's less than 40 years old. It was delivered as like a complete system. It was this experience he had of, you know, he didn't sleep for eight days. He didn't eat or drink. He probably should have died. Like, and he describes it as like a terrible experience. <laughs> like it wasn't fun. The voice, he says, the voice delivered it to him and the, the voice said like, are you ready to work? But it wasn't a question. It was just like, you're going to get to work pulling all this data through. And so it was kind of obscure. I meet a lot of astrologers, astrologers who are a little bit older than me, who like, yeah, I heard of that in like the 90s, but I didn't really get it. I just couldn't really get my head around it. And so I think it was just kind of like on the periphery for quite a while. And then it feels like, to me, it felt like in 2018, it kind of really started to hit more mainstream consciousness. And I think it's becoming popular because it works, because people are seeing like, oh, this is actually really practical. And to me, that's such like a beautiful thing about human design. And I think it's what makes it more accessible than astrology can be because astrology is kind of known as this woo-woo pseudoscience, right? Even though it's not, I think it's a beautiful language of a science, but it has a reputation. Whereas human design being so new and so practical, I think it's really appealing to people who have more of like a logical brain, more of a business mind, you know, who maybe would sort of like not be interested in astrology, but they can get their head around human design because it just seems more yang and more scientific and more logical. Absolutely. Like for me, when I think of astrology and with the greatest of respect to all the astrologers out there, I think of like the tarot ladies <laughs> in the dark place and, you know, that sort of thing. And or I think of, you know, your standard, like the standard astrology and reading the newspaper on the weekends going, you know, what's apparently going to happen this week kind of thing. Whereas for me, design system has really been this massive permission piece. I'm a generator and one of the biggest things that's landed with me is that permission to wait till I feel something in my body and know to make a decision based on that. It's interesting because I used to think of that as procrastination and I would beat myself up because I was like, oh man, you need to decide on this and spend more time thinking and come on. And I used to go through this process of like going, how would I feel if I didn't have it? How would I feel if I did have it and try and, but actually what happens is after a couple of days, I just know. So for me, it's been this big like permission to just be like, it's cool. Just sit with it. If it's not there, just sit with it. Mm, and that's really like the biggest reason that you, like we've been given human design or that we have it is it's a tool to help us bypass the mind. And that's what procrastination can be. We sit in this and the mind's going, you should do this. Come on, do it now. It's a smart thing to do, all these things. And that like you're describing the body's just like, no, there's no energy available for that. And it can just be that you're waiting for the right time or it can just be you're not actually meant to do that thing. So human design really teaches like everyone needs is designed to wait once you get into 
a process of letting your authority, like you're a generator, so it's really coming from that sacral and from the body for other types that can come from different places, but letting that guide the way. You know, human design is all about the body. It's about bypassing the mind and letting the body kind of come front and center and lead lead you forward. And that being also like how we experience correctness and coherence and alignment is when the mind can kind of just sit in the back. And you know, in human design, it's not about demonizing the mind either. Like the mind's an incredible tool and a resource, but we've been using it in this distorted way. Like it's not meant for decision-making. It's this resource where we can research things and we can conceptualize and we can use it to help others primarily is the function of the mind, like using that powerful, whether we're analytical or whether we're creative, using it for others, but letting our bodies determine our own path. Love that. Because I think that you know, I know that all my clients are like massive high achievers and therefore their mind is always in thinking mode, overthinking, problem-solving mode. And so I love what you just said. It almost teaches you how to just let your mind rest and just let something else do the solving. Yeah. And then it's free to do what it's actually meant to do, which is all the other things, right? Like when it, when we can remove decision-making from the mind and give it back to the body or the authority, it frees the mind up. And there's so much more space for creativity or, you know, for conceptualizing or coming up with ideas or problem solving, as long as it's not about our own life process. You know, what I think is amazing about that is I, I think it's fair to say every single one of my clients and probably every single person listening to this wants more space in their mind for creativity wants more space so I think that alone is the reason why everybody needs to go and understand human design and their own human design right now because you know it's what everybody is craving yeah if you just understand your type and your authority that's what you were describing Paula like you're a generator and you're talking about your sacral and your body really showing the way like you can just get your head around that part it can change your life like because again you'll be making decisions in that correct way and it frees up the mind you know it does go really deep like not everyone's meant to go that deep, you know, typically projectors will want to, but not everyone needs to. Because the other thing in human design, they talk about, you know, we've positioned the mind as the authority. And we've also, you know, over the last few hundred years, really positioned external governments, external organizations and sources as our authority too. And human design is really all about bringing it back to the individual and to you and like knowing and sensing what's correct for you, regardless of what school says, regardless of what the government says powerful okay so it's become a little bit more popular lately and one of the questions that I get asked a lot obviously from a you know hiring perspective and building out your support team around you is there a particular type of person that we should be looking for like if once we understand ourselves and our own human design and our own sort of you know authority and whatnot should we then look for matches from a human design perspective as to the type of people that suit us you can approach it that way I think I'm always cautious of that. Like, so like I said, human design, it's really all about getting out of the mind, right? And letting the body or your authority make decisions for you. So particularly if you're hiring other people, the way I like to approach it is more reverse engineering it. So I would say more trusting your authority with who you hire and who you bring in, because the moment we look at someone's chart, like we don't know if they're true self or not self, you know? So someone could be the type we might think we're looking for, but they're actually really not self. And they're not actually functioning. Like you might think I really want a projector on my team, but you might get a not self projector who's living like a generator and therefore isn't really tapped into their ability to guide in the way you're seeking. So 
I recommend more trusting your authority to hire. But then what you can do is look at your charts and then look at, okay, what strengths do we actually have when we're together? Where are there maybe gaps? You know, what strengths does this person have versus what do I have? And how do we need to, you know, what communication styles will work for me to support them? And what do I need to communicate about myself so that they can support me, you know, and then kind of working it that way, connecting the dots that way to come up with like a plan. Because I really believe like all types can work together. It's the same in relationships. All types can be in relationship with each other, right? It's just, you know, when you're following your authority, ideally you should be able to trust that this partnership or this connection with this person is correct because my authority has brought this about for some reason. Um, I love that because I think that to me it, it almost felt a little bit dangerous and in the same way lots of personality tools feel a little bit dangerous. Like I've worked with clients who wanted to, you know, ask for somebody's Enneagram or asked for somebody's, you know, strengths finder or Colwick score or whatever, like at that application stage and eliminate or invite through based on that. And I'm sort of like, oh, I feel like that's one piece of a many staged, you know, information pool that we want to gather. I don't feel like one thing should be the defining decision in or out. So I guess that's what you're saying as well. It's like, yes, you might understand yourself and then trust yourself and then use this as a tool for conversation and work out how to communicate and support each other. Can you give us some examples of maybe some clients or some people that you've worked with and the transformation that you've actually witnessed so that everybody listening can actually think or really get a sense of how this can help them? So, you know, from that pre-hustle stage through to like working in a different way? Yeah, so lots of different things. I mean, something that stood out to me last year, I had a couple of clients who are in like the coaching space who were like, since understanding my design, you know, and they were projectors, since understanding like what it means to be a projector and to live as a projector, I'm attracting like way more aligned clients and and that they were starting to attract people who also understood their human design too and that there seemed to be like a real resonance thing happening. I worked with a client last year who had like quite a big existing team, like had a really big company and we did a lot of work on like the supporting of the team, right? And helping her understand the team so that she could kind of step away. And so she was then able to step away earlier this year. And she had like a month off for surgery and a few different things, but she was able to trust like, because we'd really done all that work. She understood the team. They were in positions that really worked to their strengths as well. And because it can be when you're the business and it can be really hard to step away, you know, for that time and like trust that everyone will be taken care of, right? They can be a little bit of that, like, you carry the burden on your shoulders, right? And I do that in my own business as well. Um, so I think it can really help in that way, helping to trust that we've got people in the places that are correct for them, if they're supported in the way that they need to be, if there's structures so that they can communicate how they, you know, is most effective for them. We can trust that things are going to go as smoothly as humanly possible and fuck ups and things will still happen, right? Like it's kind of just the nature, but we can't control it. So yeah, Things like that, you know, and also like energy. I find a lot of my clients find the work that I do. And I think this would be across all human design practitioners and guides. I think a lot of it is helping people like let go, you know, and so that is a pretty common theme in the work I do with people. There's often a bit of a a season of like death and a feeling of purging that happens and like this death and rebirth cycle of letting go of maybe the things they were doing in their business or the offerings that they had or the ways they were trying to work with people and then this kind of realignment into like, well, what is actually correct? I think it's important for people to know when you do dive into your human design, like it's actually not a quick process. 
either. You know, someone, it's really not an experience of someone telling you, well, like, just do this and do this and do this. Your own deconditioning, like it needs to happen on a cellular level is what we believe in human design. And that can take up to seven years, you know, so it's actually like quite an extended journey that you go on. Because if you think of, again, all the conditioning that you've taken on throughout your life, all of the stories, all the things you've been told, like it's a lot to move through and work through. And it's definitely not like an easy experience. Like I said, it can feel like a death. It can be like a big identity death of like, wow, like I've spent my whole life identifying as this thing, you know, I've been trying to prove myself. Like I had this realization when I discovered human design and that my whole career was built on my not self, my not self of me trying to prove, overworking because I felt like I had something to prove and people pleasing, which are big shadow aspects of my design. And so that was such a huge, like, again, identity death was like, well, who am I? Like, if that's not the role that I fulfill, like what value do I bring? Right. Cause I'd always been rewarded and celebrated for overdoing, for pleasing, and from really trying to go over the top to like prove myself and prove my worth. So I feel like I've heard you say like about 10 times, trust that word. And I think that entrepreneurs find that really difficult, you know, because we go through, and I say we, because I have my hand up as well, but it's certainly all my clients, and I'm sure everybody's listening, is, you know, you go through this growth phase of doing so much yourself, you know, you're high achieving and you want it to be a certain way, and then we're bringing other people on board to trust them to do things in a certain way. And for many of my clients, they find themselves in a position where it's like then they're supporting everybody else more than they're feeling supported. So, you know, you were talking about trust from trusting everyone's going to be okay without you as well as trusting people can do the things without you. And so, you know, just being able to trust more, I think, is a huge thing that everybody needs to get help with and that letting go and just letting it be what it's going to be as well. If you can't trust the people around you and you can't bring in that support, you're never going to scale to that next level because it's always going to rely on your physical capacity that you have as the one person, one man band. And so it's kind of, it's essential to grow if you want to grow. And I think to be able to trust others, you need to trust yourself and trust your own siblings to then be able to trust other people and their decisions. And the other thing I've heard you talk about is that settling of the mind. So for everybody who's listening, who's feeling like, you know, they're struggling with trust, trusting themselves, trusting their decisions, trusting others, and they feel like, you know, their mind is so busy and, you know, they'd like to let go of things and they're, they're feeling this resistance, then I really want to encourage everybody to lean into understanding your human design a little bit more and, and looking at this as a tool that might be able to help you firstly understand yourself and then see what happens from there. So, Amy, for anyone listening who feels like they're not in coherence at the moment and they're stuck in hustle, you know, maybe those trust things that I was talking about or otherwise, like what piece of advice would you like to give them, um, you know, as a way to wrap up today? Yeah, I think, you know, diving into like that deeper self-exploration is important because what the thing I've learned about hustle is that what feels like hustle to me isn't necessarily going to feel like hustle to the next person, right? And I really define hustle as push or force, which is like the traditional description. So like they could be someone who's a sacral being like you, Paula, who's just in response, right? And so really getting to understand your unique energetics and what's true coherence for you versus what's not is where, you know, I think it can just make the biggest difference in your life and your business. So I would suggest getting to understand your energy type and your authority as like the primary pieces for anyone listening. There's heaps of free information 
online. I often share things. I share a lot of information on my Instagram. I have a website where you can look it up. But even just getting to know that, like, are you a sacral being? If you're a generator or a manigen, you're a sacral being. Or are you a non-sacral being, which is manifestors, reflectors, and projectors? Like, that understanding can be huge and that the sacral beings have a response and access to a little bit more energy than the other types do. Yeah, and then I'm such a big believer in embodiment and movement to help get out of the mind too. I think bringing in strategies and tools that can really help you physically disconnect a little bit if you're someone who kind of lives and exists there um, a lot. Love that. Well, thank you so much. Tell us specifically where people can go to to hear some more and to learn some more from you. Yeah, so I have um, my Instagram's amylee.co and it's Lee, L-E-A. And then I have my website, amylee.com.au. And I have a website where you can look up your design and we sell customized 70-page reports that kind of cover all of this plus more, all the energy centers and channels. And that's myconstellation.com.au. Amazing. We'll put all the links in the show notes. Thank you so much for your time, Amy. It's been so beautiful to talk to you. Thanks, Paula. Thank you for having me. 